This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. everyone. This is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the ones, the onlys, Mr. Sam Champion and Mr. Ruben Robier. Hi, how are you? What is going on? How are you guys doing? How are you today? Uh, Good. It's a very good day. Um, We just had a major snowstorm in New York that I forecasted for. And then, uh, you know, had to, had to get that going and get the, and we're just happy to not be in the middle of it. So it's all great. Meanwhile, it was a sunny sky in Florida. <laughs> well, I know. I was touching the cloudy. Well, I am in New York City. So I was going to say, when you mentioned New York, I was like, there's no way you're in New York. It seems too sunny behind you guys. It's snow. <laughs> there's snow everywhere here. Yeah, but it was a pretty one. It really was a pretty one, right? You know what it is? Everybody today, including myself, was in like the best mood. I think it's just like the first snowstorm, right? It's like making everyone happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Plus, there's not so much happiness. Let's be honest. I mean, we've had two really tough years. So the little stuff that makes you happy, it's snow. It's a pretty snow on a Friday. Come on, who's not going to love that? You get a chance to walk in the park, put on a big parka, enjoy how beautiful the city is when it's covered in a fresh white coating of snow. It's an amazing thing. And you say you accurately predicted this, so we have to give you props, right? Well, I mean, you know, it's just what we do. 
But listen, you know, some people want to talk about Mike Wood. Some people want to talk about Al Roker. I have to say, like, I, my formative years were Sam Champion. So I, my family, we grew up on you, Sam. Well, thank you. And plus, they're both really nice guys. So if you want to talk about them, I'm okay with that, too. I, you know, at this point, let's see, I got to New York in 1988. Um, I think I know everybody who's been on TV or is on TV in New York or, or any of the networks. So, you know, they're all, I don't know too many of them I don't like. That's how it is. Everyone thinks New York is such a big place, right? And you're like, it's really kind of small once you're here. Tiny town, tiny town. Do you guys have a preference between New York and Miami? We actually not. We, oh. we love, we, I used to say, I'm always joke, I say is the perfect life combination because when we are too stressed from New York, we come to Miami and we decompress. And when we are too lazy from Miami, we go back to New York and speed up. So it's a, it's a good combination. It's right. right? I think it's perfect. I think that's the thing about living in New York is like you kind of need to be somewhere else part of the time, at least for me after all these years to like really appreciate New York. Yeah. You, need a, you need a place to decompress, but at the same time, you need New York energy. You do. We need it. There's nothing like it. And I remember when I got there in the 80s, you know, I, I didn't need to leave. You know what I mean? It's that when you're young and you get that energy in New York, you're just like, this is all I want. But as you spend a little time there, and you're right, there becomes a time when you're like, I just need to break out of this for a minute and be quiet for a moment. Yeah, totally. Even as an artist uh, here in Miami, my studios here, my my warehouse where I build the sculptures are here. But uh, New York is the city that inspired me. You know, New York is is the most inspired city in the world. Yeah, he's got two sculptures, public sculptures there now. He, lo he loves to be in New York. He's always out on the streets, always out taking pictures of things and looking at things. Where are your public sculptures? One is in Tribeca, right? No, right now they are in Randall Island. Yeah. They oh, were, wow. I had one in 2019 in Tribeca. Tribeca now Park. we have two in Randall Island Park. Oh, wow. Growing up in Brazil, like when did you first realize like art was your calling? You know, I mean, I, I love art and I can't draw a straight line. So, I mean, just because you want to be an artist doesn't mean that is your path. Like, you know, when did you kind of realize that was your path and when did you realize you were actually good at it? You know, it is interesting because I'm always saying that art just finds a way to express itself. Doesn't matter if it's through poetry or designer or visual arts or dance, art will find a way. Uh, the time I was a teenager when I wrote a book, my background is poetry. So I start to take photographs to illustrate my book. And as soon as I change for photography, I'm, I'm fair in love for photography. I'm gonna become a professional photographer in Sao Paulo. And from there, I was discovered from a by a French association who brought me to Europe and I'm starting my career there. Oh, you should see these photographs too. The, his early works are just incredible. They're beautiful. And so he traveled Europe with this art show. How old were you, like 20, 24, 24 years old? Wow. And um, so then that, that launched his career and then he started painting and then he went to sculpture and then he's always just kind of evolving and, and changing. Um, in how he likes to express his art. Do you have like a certain medium you prefer working with as opposed to others? Like, do you have a favorite? That's so funny. I actually not. 
I think the most important in my work in, li in life is the message, you know? The message you wanna, you, you wanna, you wanna say what you work. If it is painting who will do the work, who will do the job to send that message out, I use painting. If it is photography, I use photography. If it is a sculpture, I will use a sculpture. We all depends of what we wanna talk about. What about what is, I mean, I happen to love butterflies. So talk to me about the symbolism of your work with the butterflies. Butterflies for me always mean transformation. You know, uh, the fact that we all, I see all ourselves as a, as a, as a butterflies because we is the power. I talk about the power of reinvent yourself. And uh, I even think of as a, as a gay man, we, we learned that from the beginning. We learned that, we learned that from early on to reinvent ourselves, to reinvent our life, to reinvent our career. And I think it's the, that is the symbolism of the butterfly for me. That yeah, makes sense. When he, when, okay, so when he put this sculpture in Tribeca Park and it's his dream machine. And first of all, the idea of the dream machine was to me just so incredibly, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, to take these wings and put them someplace where, and then it's not just put yourself in front of a wing and take a selfie. It's because, you know, you can do that and, and that's great too. Why not? But this was, his, his thing was put yourself in front of these wings, close your eyes and picture where you want to be in your life. You know, bring it to you, um, you know, put it into the world and stand there and visualize yourself and let these wings take you there. Let these wings manifest that, let them make it come true. So it's more than just a, you know, oh, gotta look cute with these wings. It's kind of like, no, I'm gonna stand here and consciously think, and we believe in this, we believe in manifesting things in your life. And so you, you get a chance to tell yourself what your dreams are and have the universe listen to you. And it was just the most beautiful thing. And the stories that came out of that, the people who would write him, uh, on Instagram, it's, 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 it's so emotional to me because over a year that the sculpture was, the dream machine was, was on display in Tribeca Park. Random people write me on Instagram because they found me mm -hmm. on Instagram and they start to write me the most beautiful personal experience than every different person have with the sculpture. And that's, what, that's why mm -hmm. I, I, I really believe that art can transcend you know, uh, it's, it's beautiful. That yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter in this world, you know, if you're not like me, I'm against you. You know, it's like, it, it's just, I don't know how this happened. I don't know why this is a thing that people think is productive because it, it, it is anything but, it's totally destructive. But different people from all over the world with different experiences, they can stand in front of that artwork and have a meaningful experience that in that way connects them with the person who had one before them, who might not share any of their belief structure, but they can have something in common. And, and I mean, isn't that what we're looking what I for? Think, what I think that, that art is about is connecting people and open difficult conversations and connecting people in totally different levels, you know? And I think that's what the sculpture did. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly what I'm looking for. I mean, to your point, Sam, I agree. I don't know like how we got here, you know, like 
I'm, I listen, I'm, you can't offend me in this world. You know, like if you come after me and like, it's a personal vendetta, that's one thing, but short of that, I don't care if your beliefs are totally different than mine. I don't know where we got to like, I hate you because you have different beliefs. And I don't know how this happened either. Honestly. Yeah. And, and you know what, look, I'm, I'm very opinionated and I'll tell you, I don't agree with you. I really will, but I don't have to hate you because I don't, I mean, look, talk to me, convince me. I could be wrong. I'm wrong, you know, half a dozen times a day, if not a minute. So, you know, tell me why you feel what you feel. I still may walk away from this conversation not agreeing with you, but I don't have to hate you. I I don't get it. I really don't. And it's this to me, and maybe it's existed for a long period of time, but this is so freaking new. It's just, it's everywhere. And I just want everybody to take a breath and just stop this noise because it's just... It's not what we need. It's not. I mean, it's not productive and it's not reality. Like, I mean, if you're going to get that, just have such a visceral reaction every time someone disagrees with you. I mean, first of all, you're wasting a lot of energy in your life. And B, do you really have that much time on your hands? Because I certainly don't. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree. I may not agree with you when we're done talking, but I can hear your point of view and we can still have a drink together and I could still respect, you know, that I disagree with you and we could still be friends. Yep. I mean, I grew up that way. You know, my dad was a Marine Corps colonel um, and, and very conservative. And we would sit at the dinner table and he would make us have these conversations where he would kind of tell you what your point was. And you had to kind of come up and argue for the side of it. This is all happening at the dinner table, by the way, you know, my mom's great joy, Um, that we would have to like take a side or take an opinion and have a conversation about it. And I might have to take an opinion that wasn't really my opinion, but I had to kind of like move it forward and put the conversation forward and defend that opinion. And in the end, you learn why people believe something different from you and that it's their experience that makes them believe something different and that there's there are multiple sides, you know, not just two sides, but there's multiple sides to most uh, conversations. So it wasn't, you know, it, it's not something I think every family does, but I'll tell you, I learned a lot doing that. And also you learn how to put yourselves in other one's shoes, mm-hmm. you know, which is really, really, really important. Always when you disagree with someone, you have to ask yourself first, if I was that person, how I would think. Mm-hmm. Try for a second, put yourself in the other one's shoes. Yeah. And you will see things differently. Totally. And a lot of it has to do with like someone's upbringing. And like, that's the thing. Like if someone really thinks something, how can you fault them for it? Like whether you agree or not, like they truly believe it. It's their truth. They're kind of being authentic to themselves. Right. Now, cruelty, I can fault you for. Violence, right. I can before, but your belief structure, your belief system, I kind of have to try to figure out why you believe what you believe. And, and if I don't believe it, why I don't believe it. And is there, is there any, is there any room for me to move toward you or is there not? You know what I mean? That's my responsibility. Totally. Well, you do put a lot of this and like, you know, you guys have a lot of passion. Like, you know, you do put a lot of it into your work. Ruben, and I know you guys have done a lot for like the community, the LGBTQ plus community. When you announced, Sam, that, you know, you were engaged, you were going to get married. I remember the headlines. There was these headlines all over. Sam Champion comes out. And I remember reading certain articles, you know, that you said, well, I mean, 
I almost like you didn't know you had to come out. Like you didn't know this was really something you were hiding. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot to that conversation. And again, you know, there's my perspective on it. And then there's a lot of other perspectives that, that are out there. Um, first of all, I, I made, I had the conversation when I fell in love, when I thought it was important, when I thought, you know, when we were about to be married. Um, and I didn't really feel like it was a conversation prior to that. Um, you know, it was kind of like, I lived my life. I was out in New York. I had a house on Fire Island. You know, I mean, what, what do you want me to do? Um, but, <laughs> you know, what, what, what more? But, the house uh, on Fire Island, living in New York yeah, City. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is... Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, but, but I thought it was important to have a conversation because, you know, I fell in love. And, and this man changed my life and made me believe in love and made me want to be married and made me want to take a life partner and don't get me all worked up and emotional. Um, and, and so it became a conversation at that moment where I didn't really feel like it was before. But I'll tell you, I don't feel like we do a lot of work for the gay community. I feel like the gay community has done a lot of work for us. Um, you know, when, when they started calling and saying, oh, we want to give you an award for, you know, the, what being in the newspaper is coming out. And I'm like, you know, you guys do this every day. I mean, you, you, these are battles. My battles weren't so hard, you know, your battles are tough every day. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have that conversation with you. And believe me, I'm, I'm impressed that you are being so kind to us, but they do the work. They, these they do the these organizations, the LGBT. They, after they want, no one is watching. Yeah. You know, they're, they're defending us. Yeah. They fought for us. I mean, I was always selfish enough to believe I would have my life, you know, no matter what anybody believed. It was just like, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, but these organizations do the work and they, they, you know, they fight the battles and they are in the courts and they do all of that. They're the ones doing it. They're defending the people who have no voice. Right, exactly. Right. Like the kids who, who, you know. Yep. Yes. And often, you know, not for, you know, clout, not for a lot of money often, you know, it's, they're really, it's pure intentions. And what they do is so important. So if, and we all, we talked about it, you know, if, if we can, you know, lend money, lend visibility, lend support to those organizations who do the work on the ground, happy to do it. You, you know, if, if that helps, Tell me how we can help. Were you shocked though when you did say, oh, I'm getting married and then there was this whole fanfare like Sam comes out? I mean, were you like, I mean, is that yeah. good? Is that bad? Like, is it almost like, does that put an onerous on us as gay men to have to come out? That's a great, it's a great conversation. It really is to me. And I want, I would love to hear what everybody else thinks about it. Um, you know, I realized it was a big deal because, uh, you know, network television didn't have any gay, network television news did not have anyone gay on it. Um, and people remember when we look at it now, it, it didn't have anyone out and gay. Exactly right, That exactly right. Um, which means they didn't have anyone gay, right? So right. It, if you look at it in 2022, it's easy to cast a side eye to, to that statement right there and to how and why it happened. But, but you know, from being in the industry since, let's see, I graduated from college, in 83 and started working then 
So there weren't gay people in the newsroom. I, you know, you just, you couldn't be gay. And if you were gay, you were fired. And it was okay for you to be fired. And you didn't get a chance to say, but wait, I need to represent, no, out. So that's, people are mad if someone was closeted. Well, there was a real reason for that. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't get to argue that point. Um, and times have changed and people have worked for us. I can't take responsibility for being um, the first out network, whatever it is, how, whatever subtitle that goes through that, you know, on TV, because there were people before me who fought and lost their jobs, who went through those battles, who made it easier for me. I just happened to be the one who was on TV and kept my job at the moment that it happened. I mean, people were outing me when I was at Channel 7. You know, there was a lot of rumor about me being out at parties and all of that, which which is why it was funny to me when people said um, that I came out in whatever, 2012? Yeah. Because I felt like I was pretty slammed for it through a lot of my career in the gossip sections. You know, it'd be like, he was at Roxy. He was at Fire Island. He was doing it. And I'm like, well, well okay. I, I kind of thought that was out. I didn't know. What about how is that for you, Ruben? Like when there was all these headlines, you know, you are the person marrying Sam. Were you like, why is this such a big deal? That was so interesting because at the time we didn't thought of that, right? We just... We were just kind of in our own heads. It was just our own head and we... we, Because we met in a New Year's Eve party, Mm -hmm. right? A year after that, we got engaged in the same party in the, with the same place, and we decided to get married in the following year. And uh, at the time, I think we were so absorbed about our life and what we would do, then we didn't touch the impact then that we have. We were so involved with each other because this was we had found each other and we were so kind of like into it at the time and, and into each other at the time that we weren't kind of outward looking. So it wasn't something that we had structured. We're, we're kind of not that well planned. If you, th- if you think of us as a couple, yeah, we're kind yeah, of really yeah, not that yeah. well planned. <laughs> but actually after I felt the impact, after we announced I felt the impact because people start to reach me by email or on social media and telling their personal stories. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. like a heartbreaking many times. Because, oh, really? Yep, yep. You, you can tell that story. And I remember then I received like a letters from like a, the, one of the stories was the lesbian couple who was together for more than 20 years and they own a pharmacy in the middle of the, like a, in the countryside but no one knows they, they are a couple, they thought it was causing, and they feel so happy for us because we could announce our wedding publicly and we could have the life they wish they could they have, they but could they have. cannot because they community. Uh, and, and they would not have been accepted. And we were standing in the airport in Washington, DC. I think we had been to see my family and we're in the long TSA line. And all of a sudden behind us, there's this like commotion and there's people, you know, hey, and we're like, what's going on? And I mean, super long line. And we're turning around and there's this woman kind of fighting her way through the crowd. And at some point she's making eye contact with us and we realize she's coming to us. And we're like, what, 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 what what just happened? Tell me if I don't get this right. 
So she, she's like, I just wanted to come talk to you two. This is right after it had been in the papers, right after it had been announced. And she wanted to tell us about her daughter who was in the military, who was then that, who had never been able to say she was gay and never been able to express her love and had a girlfriend. And she was going to come out because of this and how proud she was. Am I, I yeah, this yeah. right? And after she saw our announcements, she got the courage to come out to the superiors uh, in her job. And she's actually was well received. And, uh, and now she was out in her job and they was about to have a baby. And that, that, that woman, wow. was, she was really happy and crying, say, and I was, she was happy to be a grandmother. She will be a grandmother. And yeah. she want to thank us for that. But in our head, we didn't have that impact. You know, you don't know. You just take care of your life. You have no idea how much lives you touch in uh, how much political was what we did. Yeah. Totally. Who, when you guys met, who kind of made the move on who first? Like, that's such a funny story. Um, I remember. I'll, I'll keep the. I'll keep it all clean. But I remember walking in. We have a mutual friend, and we had not met before. And um, he has a, a home here in Miami, and he has a New Year's Eve party every year. And I remember walking into the kitchen, and and there's this guy. Um, he had a fedora on and he was kind of all moody and kind of on the counter. And I was just like, oh, that is attractive. You know, as I get in my mind, as I walked in, I'm like, oh, that's, that's something. Um, and then went in to say hi to all of my friends. We talked that night at that party and then we met at another party later really? and agreed that we would go out. Um, so we exchanged numbers then at the second party that we met at. Um, but I knew at the first party, I knew I was like, oh, hey, that's that's something over there. I, I, I don't, you have to tell your. I'll admit it. As important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority. And I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all in one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. I have to tell you about a new nutritional product that I started using called Athletic Greens. Now, I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health. I wanted more energy and I wanted to optimize immune system. Well, let me tell you what I love best about Athletic Greens is it's easy. I personally don't have, didn't have, and never will have time for any nutritional product that is complicated to use. So here's the thing. Athletic Greens, you take one scoop and you add eight ounces of water and that's all you need. Also, the other thing I love about Athletic Greens, it actually tastes great. And it's inexpensive. It costs less than $3 a day. Also, I love it. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs. So there's no nasty chemicals or anything artificial. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash velvet. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash velvet to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Bombas's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you're also giving to someone who's in need. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the most comfortable clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, which is my favorite part, and has a luxurious, cozy feel. Now you guys are listening to my podcast, so you're all reality TV fans. I'm sure you've seen Bombas on Shark Tank. Shout out Damon John. And listen, Do you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. Their socks come in so many colors and patterns. So far, Bombas customers like yourself have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash velvet and get 20% off any purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash velvet for 20% off. Bombas.com slash velvet. As some of you know, prior to being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, I ran HR and recruiting at many companies in New York. And the one tool that I couldn't live without when I hired for the company was Indeed. If you're hiring, you too need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. And I use Indeed now and behind the velvet rope, how do you think I found my great assistant? Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash velvet. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash velvet to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash velvet. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you guys do what I do every January? First, you think about the year prior of all the things you didn't accomplish that you wanted to. Then you make a bunch of New Year's resolutions. And as soon as you break them, you feel bad about yourself. Are you in your own mind the way I was? 
Well, get out of your mind. Let me tell you, therapy can help you learn to be kinder and gentler to yourself and help you move forward. I have to tell you guys about Talkspace. Talkspace has been a miracle for me. First of all, they match you with a licensed therapist that you can connect with not only from your computer, but from your phone anywhere on the go. I also love that Talkspace focuses on your schedule. They fit your schedule, not the other way around. With live chat, video, and audio sessions, you could easily fit mental health into your daily routine. I also love that your information is extremely private and it's just between you and your therapist. Listen, Talkspace can help you with anything, anxiety, depression, self-doubt. Make your mental health more than just another New Year's resolution with Talkspace. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code VELVET at signup. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code VELVET. On Wondery's podcast, Even the Rich, co-hosts Brooke and Arisha share the stories behind some of the most famous and infamous celebrities in our history. From my personal queen, Madonna, to Britney Spears to the Kardashians to the House of Gucci. And in an all new season, they investigate the shocking kidnapping of heiress Patty Hearst. Even the Rich gives you the inside scoop on the drama that keeps these families in the spotlight, how the dynasties were built, and the lengths they are willing to go to protect the family name. I love this show because it's part history, part comedy, part gossip, which you know I love, and completely fascinating. And if you want a little more Brooke and Arisha in your life, they're the perfect guy to give you your daily dose of celebrity gossip on Rich and Daily. How is Britney's new life post-conservatorship? Uh, you want to know? Go and listen to Brooke at Arisha. And I have to say, on this new season of Even the Rich, I am obsessed now with this Patty Hearst story. Listen to Even the Rich, Patty Hearst, and Rich and Daily on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. You guys know how busy I am recording and bringing you this podcast five days a week. I don't have a minute to myself, but when I wake up every morning, I allow myself one hour. And the one thing I turn to every morning is Best Fiends. Best Fiends is a mobile puzzle game that anyone can download and play. Whether you have a few minutes or a few hours, it's the perfect puzzle game because literally you lose yourself and just unwind. I'm on level 12. I've referred so many of my friends to Best Fiends. And well, listen, they've surpassed in the level, there are literally thousands of levels to this game. It features tons of cute characters that help you solve thousands and tons of puzzles. And the more you win, the more challenges you face. I'm telling you, if you need to unwind, Best Fiends is a great solution. And look, don't take my word for it. Best Fiends has over 100 million downloads. Download Best Fiends for free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best fiends. Download it today and have fun. <laughs> no, that was true. That was true. We almost didn't didn't talk with each other in that party, but I looked at him and I was like, okay, well, he's in Miami. I will probably will meet him in the at the beach in the next days. But in the same night, casually, we end up meeting in a second or third party, mm -hmm. and in that party we exchanged numbers. And that was it. Well, yeah, we went out. Um, I I think I changed my flight because I think he called me the next day. Okay, you want to sell the details? Wait, 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 wait. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I think I think I changed okay. my flight because he did yeah. call me okay. and asked day, me out. Well, the next day, I was like, we met in the second party, right? And that was like, a, we he had his friends, I had my friends, and we are like, a, I was like, a, just give me your phone number, and we talked to him. I know how this works. 
you have your friends, I have mine, let's talk tomorrow. Okay, he gave me his phone number. The next day I call and, uh, and I ask him, I say, oh, what are you doing tonight? And he's like, uh, no, nothing, I'm free. And I say, okay, let's hang out tonight, let's have dinner. I say, okay. But what I didn't know was he was on the way to the airport when I called. Uh, then you tell this. Yeah, that's true. I was at a friend's house. Um, I had already checked out of the hotel um, and I was at a friend's house and we were having lunch or something. And uh, he heard, my, my friend heard me make plans for the night and he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And I hung up the phone. He goes, well, I guess you're staying. I said, yeah, I'm staying. I got a date. And so I had to call and change the flights and do all of that. And then I, I stayed another night just to go out with him. And we went out every weekend because I would go to Miami every weekend then. And he was living in Miami. And so every weekend after that, we went out. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it, we, we never stopped, never stopped going out. Is this why I'm single? Because I've never changed a flight for anyone. <laughs> I mean, that's like pretty serious when you change a flight. I mean, I don't know. I just think, you know, you know, something's different or special, you know, um, you just kind of have this feeling. And I think you have to trust me. I'm no expert on relationships or doing anything right. But I think, you know, and I, I think you have to listen to it. Totally. Do you think the media, like, you know, we still have like actors that are coming out, you know, like you look at like, Ryan Murphy and like Pose, like, you know, like the largest all trans cast ever, like Shonda Land and just like, where do you think the media is now with it all? I mean, like, have we come really far? Do we have a long way to go? Like in your opinion? We've, we've definitely come really far because there is representation and you can have a career. Um, listen, as, as supportive as we want to say that we are as a community, we, we aren't, you know, we don't wrap around people and protect them. We tend to pick at them for why didn't you come out earlier or what, da, 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 da. you know, and in these moments, I've been, I've had both feelings about it. I'm interested to hear what you think about it. But I, now I'm on the side of people will come to terms with their feelings and their ability to say who they are when they're ready. And you can't understand when they're ready. That has to be when they're ready. It can be their family, it can be their religion, it can be whatever. But when they do, it's up to us to kind of say, okay, we support you in that. And let's, let's move you forward. Um, instead of saying, well, why didn't you do it then? And, da, 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 da. and how about what you said back then? How about that? You know, people come to terms with who they are when they come to terms with it. And you just have to, they need it. They need a, a, a community that will embrace them. I think we've got a long way to go in that. And I think we've slid backwards, certainly since 2016, but I think we, we can leap forward. And I think we're doing better than well, we, uh, we cannot forget that uh, I'm, I'm really optimistic about usually about most of the things. And uh, if uh, we see the situation 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you won't see all that representation even on the media. Yeah. Just 10 years ago. Yeah. Just 15 years ago. So that is a lot of progress. And I think the media always leads what society wants most of the time because portrayed the society issues and desires you know so i, I would it's a, it's, a, it's a lot of progress in the last 15 years i would agree with that like you look at a show like pose like i mean that never existed unthinkable yeah and couldn't like, have swept the awards and couldn't you know and and you know what that show couldn't have existed without billy everybody's great 
but he is, he's just electric on that show. So I'm, I, I think the show happened at exactly the right time. Billy Porter was a huge part of the show. And, and even- was being cast for, for many other movies, which is the thematic is not about the right. being trans. We just not even have the need to address yeah. then they are trans or not. It's just there. They are there as actresses. Yeah. They are there as a, as, a, as a professionals. And that's- And just the way it should be. Being successful on a show allows you to launch into more shows, you know? So yeah, see, I'm feeling good about it now. Right, like that and like Laverne Cox is like on the red carpet now, like on E and like there's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot that has, do you guys have, like Sam, you were saying you go to bed early because you need to be up. Like, do you guys have guilty pleasures? Like, are you into like nighttime TV? Like, do you watch any TV? Um, I, so, I had retired and then Channel 7 asked if I would come back and we made a deal that I would come back four days a week. So I work in New York Monday through Thursday and then I come home to our home in Miami for, and I say this to explain, for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because I don't expect anybody to know what my schedule is. So four days a week, I'm in bed at six o'clock at night and I get up at two o'clock in the morning and morning television is the worst schedule in the world. And I don't know why anybody wants me to do it because I'm not a morning person. I've never understood it. But anyway, that said, coffee, <laughs> coffee, lots of coffee. As like, we're all drinking coffee and it's like 4.30 in exactly. the afternoon. Like we're all God here with our coffee. God bless cheers, my friend. God yes. bless Yes, without um, coffee, um, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> nothing, there's nothing. But he likes, he finds shows. So uh, when, when I come here, he's our, found like a list of shows that we watch and so we will watch shows on um thursday night friday night saturday night we'll try to catch up on shows but still even that even if it's a couple hours a night i'm really bad at what's popular on nighttime tv i just don't know yeah and you cannot uh, be out of your schedule in the weekends too because we have to keep the rhythm you know yeah for us Actually, people used to ask how it works for us that different time. We live in different time zones. Like, mm-hmm. I used to go to bed at 6, I go to bed at midnight or 1 a.m. So, uh, for us, actually, work really well because after 6, then he's in bed, I'm creative. I can be creative. I can go to the studio and I can brainstorm and create and research, and by midnight, I'm in bed. So, at that time, then he comes back in the morning from work, I wake up already. You know, so it worked well. It's funny, it worked out really well in a way that I could never have imagined it working, but it is his naturally more creative time. And then I'm out of the way. So he doesn't have to put up with me wanting something or saying something or interrupting him because I'm sound asleep and he can just be creative, you know, all night long. I am such a morning person. I could work in morning TV. I don't go to bed at six, Uh, but I go to bed. I mean, it's getting later and later just because, COVID has changed everything. I used to go to bed at like 9 p.m. I could go to bed at like 8.30. And I could, I wake up at the crack of dawn and go to the gym and I'm like ready to start work at like 6 a.m. usually. Who are you? That is not normal. It's just that like, I mean, like if I'm out for the night, don't get me wrong. Give me a drink and I'll stay out all night. Like don't, (laughs) but when I'm like home, I'm just like, I love that morning, like 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. Like I just did so much before anyone's even up and it's dark out and I'm having my coffee. I'm like weird like that. 
Yeah, you need to come to Morning TV because we need people like you. Most of us just don't, we just found ourselves there going, how did this happen? Now, when I had 11 o'clock news, that was my life in New York. That was the, the 90s and certainly through most of the uh, 2000s. Um, that, that was awesome because we would finish the show at 11.30 and I'd call my friends and we'd go to every bar, every club, every whatever it was right after work. You know, you're wide awake. You go out all night, come home at three, and I didn't have to get up three or four, and I didn't have to get up until afternoon to do the five o'clock news. So it was the perfect schedule for me. I loved that schedule. Yeah, I, I think I'd prefer the morning. <laughs> I don't know why, but I mean, don't get, again, if I'm out at night, I'm always the one yeah. who's like, now I'm like, okay, let's just stay out all night. Like now, now I'm ready to go. I'm always the one who like, doesn't want to go out, you know, late, but then I'm like, let's just stay out now. It's kind of like a little bit of both. So you guys don't watch any reality TV, like none of that stuff, like Housewives, all of that. You never got into it. So we're fortunate. I mean, in my job when I was at GMA, I think I, I, I met everyone who was on those shows and they would send us the shows and we would watch the shows before we interviewed them. So I have some running knowledge that is old of those shows, but I really don't have a connection to them. Like when I was going through all of your shows, you know, you love, you love those shows. I do love those shows. I'm not, I'm not backing away from that, but let me tell you as much as I love those shows, the, my audience listeners love those shows. I mean, like, I know you were talking about Elvira, Cassandra Peterson, like yeah. I have had on this show, like Susan Lucci, Fran. Dresser. Oh, no, I love Susan. Susan's amazing icon an icon of epic proportions now i'm not saying nobody listened lots of people listen but nothing this audience wants nothing more from me than housewives uh, period period the end that those are the shows look at the numbers don't lie right those are the shows that just they wouldn't be so popular if they didn't have fans yeah and they, just... and they are they are fascinating to watch i catch one in a once in a while i catch some episodes <laughs> but i just cannot follow through you know, because our schedule, we always travel, we cannot follow too. But I wish we have a, like a make more time for that. Yeah, it's fine. Socially, we have had the wonderful opportunity to meet a lot of them. Um, and they're wonderful ladies. They're lots of fun. I just don't them. have that. They're a lot of fun. I just don't have the time to invest. I mean, I kind of one day will, I guess. Would you guys, if someone came to you and said, listen, you know, you're flying back and forth, maybe, maybe this is a reality show right here before our eyes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I think, I think we're public enough. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. That's, I mean, it'll be interesting, but it's a lot. I know, and you, I know you've talked to them about the business of that and what that does to their lives, which is completely different from the show itself you know, and some of their experiences are great. Some of them love it for what it's done for their lives. And then some of it hasn't been so good, you know, for what uh, the real part of the work of it, because it is a show um, and they have to, you know, make a lot of life adjustments to do that show. Um, some of it works out. Yes. And you have to do a lot to keep that going over. Right. It's a lot time. of work. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think it's, in a way, I'm not sure why anyone that's already established with a career would do it. And that's no shade to anyone that's on it. It's more like if it gives you certain things on the side, great. But if you're already 
at a certain level, like with, you know, a successful art career, a successful career in broadcast journalism. I'm not sure there's much upside, but lots of people do. And, you know, like, um, fortunate enough, you know, we, we have met Luann a little bit, know Teresa a little bit. Um, and so, you know, a lot of this are, they're just who they are. And that's the best part of it. If you can hit a show like that, really and truly, and not have to create a character and just be who you are. I think actually that's the secret of yeah. I, I think I think that would be a dynamite place to be. Um, you know, because you just kind of like walk in and, and, and you know, you just kind of okay. get to be if you, if you can just be able to get with your life and do your thing and the cameras are rolling. Yeah, that's what yeah, I think that would be great. But I, I'm not sure that I, I'm not, I'm not, I really like off camera time. I'm not sure that I can do that. <laughs> I don't mean to cause like drama amongst you, but like I could see, like I could see you both like kind of like you're like really thinking about this, and you're like, oh god, I'm not sure about this. We're so not no, TV dude. people, though. It's really funny. Um, we're uh, I'm not. We're not. Neither one of us is really good at posting. Neither one of us is really good at, at making press. Neither one of us is really. I mean, we do it when we have to do it, um, and uh, I don't dislike it. I just like quiet time more. And, and that is the thing. Anything, everything is fun until you have something that take your direction, distract you from your work, will distract you from your life. You know, anything that will distract you for your, 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 your career or me, or my career to the art world uh, will be, it won't be so nice. I think we both love exactly what we're we doing. Like, we like um, I actually am the happiest. There, there's two times. One of them is when I'm building the graphics because that just really, it just jazzes me up. I love making them. I, I have a great time doing it and I can put music on and um, people laugh at me because I've got like, you know, house music or high energy music playing while I'm building graphics. I'm just having a great time. And the other time is that minute and 30 seconds or two minutes that I'm on camera. Just that that conversation with the audience and wanting to explain and wanting to have a, a great time with them uh, and with the people that I work with. And then he is very much into creating. He can go into the studio and be there for a day or two days and forget to eat, forget to come out, forget. To, I mean, he just he when he's creating art, he's the happiest person on the planet. Wow. That's what I picture of artists that are good at creating art. I picture them just getting lost in their work for days. Oh yeah, we do, we do that. What about you say like Luann and Teresa, those are very good examples. Luann is exactly what you expect in real life. I mean, there's no, nothing trying about Luann. She is exactly what you think. What's, what do you love best about Luann? I mean, Luann's fun. Um, You know, it's funny because I've, I wouldn't, you know, we're not close, close, but I've known her and been around her for a long period of time. And she's such a bright light of fun. I've never seen her down. I've never, she's just, she's kind of, everything starts when she gets there. You know what I mean? It may have been fun or it may have been nice until then, but everything starts when she gets there. It's just, you know, she's, and, and, and true to that energy that she is on camera. She has that thing, you know, like they say, you just have that like je ne sais quoi, yeah, like Luann has that. And when the light turns on, you know, yeah, and you can see it in their eyes. Yeah, definitely. What's next for the two of you? Any major plans for this year? Now, I mean, 
the world is in an interesting state at the moment. You know, his, it's actually, you know, it's our lives are more, much more about what's next for him. His art every year just becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger momentum. And, um, and it's wonderful. He's at a period of time right now. I hope you don't mind me talking about you, like mm-hmm. you're not in the room. Um, that he's hit, he's hit a stride of success that you really, you have to keep nurturing it. So it isn't, you know, I feel like my career, I did it. There's not anything I didn't, I wanted to do. I never felt like I had to take a job and, and hang on to it forever. I always took things that were challenges for me and then I would look for the next challenge. People didn't understand that, but that's the way I kind of ran my life. And I feel like my career's done. I mean, I did it. There's nothing else I really wanted to do. It was a great time, I had a great time. And I love doing the part-time stuff that I'm doing right now. So we put our focus and our energies I hope, um, on him now. It's his time to shine. It's his, this is a moment where people are really loving his art and they're connecting to him. And I want that to be what our next chapter is. And I think if we're generating our life now, you and your <laughs> stage of career, in my mind, we, we have the thing to be, to use our platform to help others. You know, to use our voice to give voice to the ones who don't have voice. And uh, every time more, we are more and more conscient about it. I think I we that. all, in, doesn't matter what you do for a living, you have to commit to be a, an agent for social change, you know? And we do that. You can do that uh, in your work, he can do in his work, I can do in mine. In my art, I'm always try to embrace uh, social causes like a global warming, like uh, races, like uh, homophobia. It is always present in my work. I think when you do that, you know, you 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 do your job in the world. You know, you do you you feel so it's so rewarding mm-hmm. just doing that because you know then your passage in that planet was not for in vain. You know. You think that is a reason bigger than yourself or even your profession. You, 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 you support your community somehow. Now you or see you why I love it. That. See, see how I love it. Well, <laughs> right, like that's you guys are very good. I mean, well, your art has had this moment. Like, do you attri- Like, do you remember? You know, it's having a moment. Like, I agree with you, Sam. Like, what was there one project? Was it the butterfly project? That's just what well, I call well, it. It seems like a. That moment is start to happening when, as an artist, uh, uh, I don't think of myself or my career or my name. I think about the subject I would talk. You know, I think about the the statement of the art piece. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than your brand or your name. We talk about something that is more important. Like uh, with the with that sculpture that was in Tribeca Park, uh, was I didn't know at the time, but looks like was the first sculpture in New York City named after a trans person, you know? Right. Uh, was the first, because I named that sculpture after a trans woman who was killed in Brazil. And, uh, and that was really important at the time. Uh, after that, last, the one is in, no, sorry. The ones that, the sculpture that it is in Randall Island now, mm-hmm. talk about racial equality. Yeah, it's so, we we brought that subject of racial equality again, which is so important now. 
I did one 2019 here in Miami, which was a 36 foot long ice sculpture. Then talk about global warming, you know? So I think, that, again, doesn't matter what you do for a living. If you use your small or your big platform to voice other people, that's the best thing you can do, especially right now. I would agree with that. And three quick things before we wrap up. Sam, when you say it's his time and you've done everything in your career, I mean, I, I get that. I see that. Is that your nice way of saying like, go to work, honey, because daddy's ready to retire again? <laughs> Are you going to be leaving the ABC morning news? I enjoy, like, I, I, I know I, I don't want to start that conversation because I really enjoy what I'm doing. It's, it's just enough for me. It's part-time. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I'm not responsible for a lot. I get to do what I enjoy. And to me, that's a nice thing right now. Um, it's perfect. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm not, I don't see any, any real changes happening because I'm kind of enjoying where I am and it gives me time, more time for us and more time to, that, well, that's just it. It gives me, actually gives me time to be in a relationship <laughs> for us. It's like the best of both worlds, right? Like working yeah. a little bit. And I mean, I think a lot of people would do that if they could, right? Like that's kind of a great setup. I think that's the direction a lot of people are going too. More life and as much work as you need. Yeah. I think so too. When you're at a party, when you're out and about, I mean, is it just my imagination or I mean, do people just constantly come up to you and ask you like, what's the weather going to be like tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, um, I'm assuming that that happens, but maybe that's not real. No, it, it, it's funny. Um, it is, it all depends. You know, remember TV is, social media now is what TV was in the 90s, you know? So being like a TikTok star or an Instagram star now is what being what in TV news. Is, check yet. <laughs> <laughs> is what, is what being um, on TV was in the 90s. So at that point, people just couldn't leave you alone. You know, people were really obsessed with people who were on TV and blah, blah, blah. Now, no, I mean, it's, there, it's really lovely when people ask you a question about what you do or notice what you do, but it certainly isn't to the pace that it was when TV was king, you know, because you had three networks and that's it and that's what everybody saw. Now they're much more likely to run across the street to a TikTok star, you know, because that's where everybody is. That is a good point. I wonder, well, I mean, now my mind's thinking, I wonder if there are people on TikTok doing the weather every morning or afternoon or no that's idea, because I'm not on TikTok. I don't know. I, I'm embarrassed, but I'm not. I'm not on TikTok either. And the last thing I need is another social media platform. So <laughs> I'm okay with that too. Finally, like, is there anything else you guys want to bring up? I like to give people a chance at the end, like anything I didn't address, anything you'd like to plug. Like, I just like to give people a chance at the end to talk about whatever they want. No, it's funny. We don't, we, we're just hanging out, doing our thing every day. It was really nice to sit down and talk with you. It's not something we do a lot of. Um, um, we're not out there, you know, doing a lot of, of, of conversations, but I just had the best time talking with you. That was the nicest thing. You're such a wonderful, comforting person to talk to. Um, you're really good at what you do. This is why I'm in this job. I've had lots of, I used to practice corporate law. Then I had my own company. I used to run HR and recruiting at various companies. I ran HR at Martha Stewart. I've reinvented myself many times, but this is like my true calling. So, I mean, I say that with no ego, you know? No, I think that people need to find what they love. And when I get a chance to talk to kids now that um, 
That's what I tell them. I, I say, you know, you need to put your feet on the floor every day, loving what you go to do. Because you can make money doing anything. Honestly, you can make the money that you need doing anything. And money doesn't necessarily follow what you love. So that can't be exactly. your goal. Yep. Put your feet on the floor every day, running to do what you love. And, and it's um, I used to say, uh, if you do what you love, people asking, whatever, whatever you want to do in, in life, do what you love to do it. Because if you make a lot of money with that, awesome, you make a lot of money. If you don't, at least you do what you love. Yeah, you're still doing it. I agree with all that. And it doesn't feel like work. And I think if you're good at what you do, the money eventually comes, right? Yeah. And then you kind of have the best of both worlds. <laughs> Where can everyone find you guys on Instagram or anywhere online? Instagram, um, Twitter. I, I'm, I'm on Twitter a lot more than I'm on Instagram because to me, Twitter's a news thing. So I'm a news junkie and a weather junkie. So that's what I'm on. Um, I'm at Sam Champion on both of those, and he's Ruben Robierre Art. Yeah, uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm only on Instagram, basically. You're on Twitter. They should find I, you on I Twitter. Was, he doesn't look at it very much. You know, it's all it's about, about Instagram. Visual. You know, it's about visual, and what you do is visual, so people can 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 take a look at the Instagram. Totally. Ruben, well, yeah, Ruben Robierre Art. Yeah. I will share it with everyone too. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Come I had back. A good one. Thank you. It was lovely. You. you can come back anytime you want. <laughs> you don't do a lot of things like this. You know, enjoy your. I mean, I, I'm in Miami often too, so you know, I'm in New York more though. So keep in touch. You guys yeah, are. We awesome. should get coffee. We should definitely get Give coffee. I just started following you. Give a call and let's get some brunch, coffee and mimosas. Yeah, coffee and mimosas. Those are two things I like. So <laughs> New York or Miami, either way. But yes, keep in touch. You guys have been great. Deal. Yeah, love you. you. That was awesome. Take you. care. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.